Hello everyone, this is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz. Ayaz, how you doing? Good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Also on this week's show, of course, three, three shows in a row now, Sophia Stefano. Sophia, welcome to the show. Hi, Joey. How you doing? You all right? Very good, very good. This show is going to sort of be, you know, back to normal. Last week, anybody that listened to the show last week will know that we sort of switched it up a little bit. Part one and part two were, it was a bit confusing. We're back to normal this week with the, the you know, the standard part one where we review the fights from last week. And part two, where we preview the fights coming up this week. I'm going to start over in America um, from last weekend. I'm going to start over in America at the Barclays Center. Of course, top of the bill, Deontay Wilder faced off against Artur Spilka. Ayaz, I know that you, you know, you was watching this fight. It was a really good fight whilst it lasted. I actually had Spilka ahead at the time of the stoppage. Of course, Deontay Wilder picked up his 35th stoppage now from 36 fights in the ninth round a KO and he completely decked Spilka and Spilka was down on the floor for for quite a while he looked like he was in some serious discomfort um talk a bit about that fight Ayaz what's next for Wilder what would you like to see next from him I've got to give Arthur Spilka, Spilka credit because what he did, yeah, my word, he was doing very good in the fight. I agree with you, Joey, as well. I had him like two, at least one or two rounds up, right? But then in the ninth round, um, uh, during the fight as well, Wilder was hitting him with some good shots, but uh, Spilka was coming back. But in the ninth round, that right hand for Wilder and Spilka was completely gone. Yeah, absolutely. He was just laid out. Um, it's horrible to see. I know the camera kept going to his to his wife I believe in the crowd and she was you know in a lot of distress and she was very upset it's horrible when you see that but 20 wins and two losses his new record and of course Deontay Wilder the WBC heavyweight champion of the world 36 and oh there was a little bit of antics from Tyson Fury who was sat ringside of course there was a lot of faces in the crowd as it goes off the top of my head I know Mike Tyson was in attendance uh, Tyson Fury Huey Fury Eddie Chambers Malik Scott um, Lennox Lewis was there as well I think Derek Chisora was also there so many faces in the heavyweight division legends and present fighters what do you make of the antics from Fury after the fight Sophia? Um, I thought it was typical Fury. Um, you know, he get obviously he's great at building up fights and generating interest, and he's entertaining. You know, if I'm honest, I was watching it cringing behind my sofa. But um, no, listen, it, it's Tyson Fury, and it, he always sets up the great fights, and he builds up the fight well. And I actually do think a fight between him and Deontay Wilder would be a very good fight. Um, but I think Deontay Wilder's obviously got um, a mandatory challenge against Povetkin. Obviously, those two fighting together. Well, I think, firstly, also the other thing is Deontay Wilder um, shares the same manager as Charles Martin, who won the IBF, that's Al Heyman. Uh, he won the IBF on Saturday as well, which obviously was the title that was stripped 
from Tyson Fury, unfairly in my opinion. So I reckon Al Heyman would probably actually want to fare those two up together first. But yeah, listen, like it, it, it fired up the fight. It, I think Tyson Fury, there's so many exciting fights in 2016, but I certainly think that one is one that would get uh, everyone very excited. In my personal opinion, I think that, um, I mean, I'm not really one to start pointing the finger about milking um, paydays and milking titles and stuff like that. But I don't think, I don't think Heyman will be too quick to put those two against each other. I think that they'll have a few defences and possibly meet maybe 2017, the back end of that year, possibly. Obviously, that, you know, that's if they can keep hold of the titles, if well, that's the thing is, is, is if you leave it too long, they could lose it. And there hasn't been an American unification fight since 1997. So maybe he will want to jump on that. Time will tell. We'll see. Um, of course, you sort of gave away the result for the second fight on that bill I was going to mention. Charles Martin, a bit of a strange finish to a fight, but he picks up his 23rd professional win with the one draw. Of course, he's now the new IBF world heavyweight champion. Glaskov, 21 wins and one loss and one draw. His his one loss um, came a bit unfairly. I mean, it was a sort of a close fight up until the, the point of the stoppage. Uh, it was a it was ruled as a TKO in the third round. I saw the replay. It didn't look very nice. It was pretty gory. Glaskov's knee seemed to sort of buckle. I don't know if we've had clear clarification on what actually what actually happened to his knee, but he was in a right right bad state his knee was it was horrible to watch the replay so an unjustly finish to a title fight of that magnitude but these things happen in boxing it can just happen at any time I don't think it was an injury that 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 you know bothered him in the past I think it was just literally happened on the big night so very unlucky for Glaskov but he's had some serious luck in his career thus far anyway so it all sort of leveled itself out on the night I'm just going to mention a couple of fights on the undercard. Makij Selecki moved to 22-0. and 0. He's a prospect in the super middleweight division. He was on the undercard of that fight down at the Barclays Center. Um, Adam Konaki, he moved to 13-0. and 0. Mike Lee, he moved to 16-0. and 0. And even Galoob, another little prospect in the welterweight division, picked up a first-round TKO. He's now 10-0. and 0. Um, moving over to another place in America, the Bomb Factory in Dallas, Texas. Matt Korobov topped the bill over there. He now moves to 25-1. and one. He didn't get the guy out of there. I think it was a fight he was supposed to win and look pretty good winning. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see the fight, if I'm totally honest, but he picked up a eighth-round unanimous decision victory. So, yeah, 25 wins, one loss for Matt Korobov now. Not much else on... In America, that's really it. I think now we're going to move over to the card in London, of course, the massive card. Um, Sophia was in attendance at ringside. I was in attendance at ringside, a couple of seats behind her. I think she had one of the best seats in the house, to be honest, Sophia, actually. I was almost too close, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to start with the undercard. I just want to mention the undercard. It was a very uh, short card. I think there was only six fights on the night. Uh, Josh Kennedy... He picked up his fifth professional win. He fought a guy with 100 losses, but those 100 losses, now 101 losses. Um, Wadi Camacho, he got a win. This this was on points after six rounds. So Wadi Camacho now 14 wins and five losses. Jose Lopez moved to 6-0. and It was a really... 
it was a really weird stoppage, this one. He seemed to not really even hit the guy he was facing, and the guy just went down. It was it was pretty it was pretty poor to be totally honest. So yeah, Jose Lopez six and zero. K Prosper he was also on the bill. He got a first round TKO. He's now seven and zero. Tony Dodson of course picked up the win over Richard Halton. Dodson was cut above the left eye, which required sixteen stitches. Uh, Halton cut on the nose was down from a right to the head late in the second round but Dodson of course picked up the win on points after six rounds so so Tony Dodson now 32 wins eight losses and one draw and now the big main event the main main event the return of the haymaker David Hay against Mark Demori now David Hay went into this fight of course with the three and a half year layoff 26 wins two draw uh, sorry two losses and Mark Demori 30 wins one loss and two draws the fight really you know it was one that everybody was excited for everybody was watching it my nan was watching it as well she was watching it on Dave it was on Dave everybody was watching it to be totally honest because of the terrestrial tv point of view it didn't last very long did it no not at all but I think um what an emphatic way to uh make your comeback to the heavyweight division after three and a half years out you know, a lot of people have questioned Mark Demore as an opponent. Okay, yeah, maybe he hasn't fought anyone of any notoriety or anyone of world-class caliber, but um, he has been very active. He had 26 knockouts from 30 of his wins, and actually in the last two years, he hasn't even gone past four rounds. So I think he wasn't a bad opponent to, to make your first comeback in. But, you know, David came, uh, David came in at a um, career... Um, record um, heavyweight. Uh, he's, you know, almost a stone over. Um, and that's obviously everyone was slightly concerned as to his speed, um, his agility, you know, his timing, his pace. But I thought he absolutely, you know, got it spot on. His, his timing was, was bang on. The, obviously, the punch power was evident to see with Mark Demori lying flat on the canvas at the end of the first round. And I just thought, wow, like it, uh, it was a really, really impressive, you know, no nerves crept in. You saw when he came into the ring, how much he was enjoying it, like how much he was sort of lapping up and soaking it up. And I just think, uh, you know, a lot of people also were questioning, would he get the support back after being out for so long? But also, you know, as he's even said himself, sort of potentially letting down fans with pulling out of the Tyson Fury fight twice due to injury. But he sold out 11,000 tickets within the first week. And it was a complete... Considering the undercard wasn't that strong at all, he absolutely sold out the arena. And it was, you know, Joe, I'm sure you, you, you'll agree with me, what an atmosphere it was. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've been to, I've been to a lot of fights, especially at the O2 Arena. Uh, there's always a pretty good atmosphere. Again, you know, Joshua, when he fights there, there's a great atmosphere. But there was just something... There was yeah. just something in the air. It sort of just took you... You know, it just it really did capture everybody in attendance, especially those close enough, you know, close to the ring. Um, he did seem to really enjoy the atmosphere. That's one thing I noted straight away when he came out. He just seemed to be loving it. And to be totally honest, I mean, I've looked. There was a lot of criticism beforehand. People saying, "How's David Hay sold? You know, how how has David Hay sold this out? Because the, you know, the undercard's terrible." Um, you know, the guy's fighting's no good. I'm just saying, this is not my views, but this is what people were saying. And it just goes to show that those David Hay fans are possibly the most loyal supporters in sport, to be totally honest, because they've stuck with mm-hmm. him. 
and he's you know he's given them what they wanted to see. I was a little bit disappointed with Mark Demori. Of course, we had him on last week's show, and he was speaking about his ambitions and what he wanted to do in the fight, and he just seemed to not really throw a punch, to be honest. But it's a lot. I think he really got a chance. David smothered yeah. him so quickly, came right onto him. I yeah, think that really, really quickly. I think that it's a case of it's easier to to sort of say it from the outside, but yeah. he there was a few times where David Hay caught him and sort of just um, sort of came off of him a little bit, like he didn't want to jump on him too quick, which I was a little bit surprised. I thought when I saw him do that, he sort of hurt him and backed up uh, David Hay, he sort of let him have some some breathing time, and I kind of thought maybe David's looking to go a few rounds here. So I was pretty surprised when he did stop him in the in the first round, but I don't even think he threw that punch. Well, the, the punch that hurt him, the, the first... Was it a left hook or a right hook? I think it was I mean, a left. Right, right hook. It was a right. It was right hook. Yeah, when I he know, caught I him with... The first was the left, and as he was going down, it was a right. Right, yeah. I think it was the left that hurt him. The left, I don't even think he threw that with, you know, with intentions to, to try and stop the fight, to be totally honest. It was just an absolutely fantastic, you know, placed shot. Of course, I, as you would have seen this fight as well, I know that you were... Happy, to, happy for David Hay to be returning to, you know, heavyweight boxing. What's your views on that fight? You know, how did you, what did you think of it? I'll tell you one thing. David Hay just made, sent a big statement to the heavyweight division. Absolutely. And I reckon, do you know what? Too, like, I, there was rumours that his next, like, they're saying that in talks, that he could fight a, a, a guy like Malik Scott. And in the future, he could fight like someone like Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, David Hay, yeah, we do want to see that fight, but we 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 touched on it a little bit last week, didn't we, Sophia? Um, yeah, yeah, we we did, Joey. You put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, listen, I think that definitely is a fight that's going to happen, but I think it's way too soon. I really, for, for both the boxers, the boxing fans, I just think for a, a fight that's such a huge magnitude between them I definitely think a world title needs to be on the line between one of them because it's such a big fight it would almost be a shame to do it now I think David probably needs another fight maybe two fights under his belt you got to bear in mind Anthony Joshua's only what was it 15 fights um, he's, he's had his whole professional career in the time that David has been out so I think there needs to be um, a little bit more time and I think I see Maybe summer's slightly too soon, but I definitely see an end-of-the-year clash, and that could easily sell out Wembley. Easily. If you, th- if you look at how many people David Hay sold out on just David Hay alone, and, 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 and Joey, uh, you know, you've seen the pool power that Anthony Joshua has at the O2 and the, and the atmosphere he has. Imagine the two of them together, and there's a world title on the line, and it's with two British heavyweights. Like, it's, it's epic. I, I get so excited thinking about it. Um, but I think I think another point that also uh, we need to bring up, and, and I think huge credit to Shane McGuigan. I think what a brilliant up and coming, I say up and coming trainer, but he's got to now George Groves. I mean, he's got some serious boxers under under in his stable. And I think what a great job he did on David Hay. It is a little bit early right now for that fight, in my opinion, as well, because even though David Hay looks sensational, we've only seen one round of David Hay. You know, he has come in at this heavier weight. Is he going to have some stamina issues? You know, is he going to have some ring rust in the later rounds? Nobody knows yet. So there's a lot of question marks still. I'm not well, ready Joey, to can start. I put, can I put you on the spot now? Because you did this to me last week. Now that you've seen David Hay fight, you've seen what what he's capable of. If him and Anthony Joshua fight next week, who's your winner? 
I just think Josh, Josh, listen, Joshua's fast. He's got the size. David Hay sort of minimizes people's height advantage. I think that yeah. David Hay would be able to. Yeah, I mean, Valuev, you know, he, was a, he wasn't very well coordinated. He was like, he was tall, but that's sort of all he was. He didn't have much skills. He wasn't fast. Yeah. Joshua's fast, big, muscly, fantastic physique. You know, he's, he's mm. completely ripped. I think that David Hay would be too fast for Joshua. And I really do like Joshua. You know, again, no, no disrespect to Joshua. Yeah, I'm I. a massive he's fan. Kind of massive fans of both guys. Way, which is why I think this fight could be so exciting because... You never know. Potentially, it could be a unification fight down the line for both of them. Absolutely. Paths of, of, of the heavyweight division. Absolutely. I haven't seen any footage of it, but there was a video where apparently Derek Chisora crushed the press conference and started calling out Charles Martin. Did anybody see that at all? No, but I think that's an obvious uh, journey path for him to go down. Yeah, I think that's a decent thing for him because we did mention last week that he's sort of racked up about four or five wins now since losing to Tyson Fury. And um, he's this is what he seems to do, you know, lose at a high level. Then he seems to go down a level, get a few wins, mostly by knockout, and then jump straight back into the picture. So good luck to Del Boy Chisora, who made the trip who, who out to the think, big Who do you think will be an appropriate um, opponent for David Hay next then? So his next fight, which I'm hearing, is potentially May. Right, um... Honestly, I think, and not just because I want him to get the shot because I, you know because he's a friend of mine, but I do think Malik's got to be a really good fight for him. I because mm. purely because Malik has got a really good ranking. I think he's ranked maybe seventh or eighth. Um, I'm not sure which governing body that is, but he's got a high ranking in, in one of the one of the governing bodies. Um, I'd like to see that fight. I mean, I can't really. I'd like to see Hay in with Povetkin as well, but this is a path that I don't think he's going to go down, you know. But then again, of course, David Hay holding the WBA, that is that is pretty much um, Povetkin's route. But the WBA, they might, you know, they might fast track Hay in the rankings because he's got loyalties yeah. with their with their you know with their sanctioning body. So it'll be interesting to see what does happen in the near future, and um, it's going to be a cracking year, I think. Agreed. Okay, now part one has come to an end. We're going to say goodbye to Sophia. She's not going to be here for part two. So we're going to bring on our first guest in a minute. But firstly, Sophia, thank you for coming on this week's show and we'll see you next week. Absolute pleasure, Joey. Thank you for having me on as always and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Take care, bye. Okay, now it's time for our first guest on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the hottest prospects in English boxing right now, Tommy the Gun Martin. Tommy, welcome to the show, sir. How you doing? You well? Yeah, very good yourself. All good, thank you. All good. Now, of course, you've got a big fight, probably, well, needless to say, the biggest fight of your career coming up on the 30th of this month. Mm-hmm. So far. So far. Um, <laughs> without looking past Hibbert, of course, it's going to be a really big fight. It's going to be a tough fight. Where do you see yourself going past this fight? Um, to be honest, uh... Listen, like I've got, like I said, I've, I've been said it. I've been asked this question so many times in this build-up. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know why, even the bookies are underestimating Wayne, and they're forgetting. I think that he's the champion. So, uh, listen, my full focus is on Wayne Hibbert, and uh, I, I respect everything that he brings. As um, a lot of people know, that we've done a lot of sparring together. So, um, my full focus is on Wayne, and then uh, hopefully do uh, get the job done and uh, look for bigger and better. 
And of course, there was a lot of sort of banter between you both. How genuine is the is the you know is the dislike? Is it is it real dislike, or are you guys friends really? Nah, he, he dislikes me. I mean, because he put his back up because he he knows that the young gun's coming for him. <laughs> but uh, now listen, I don't dislike Wayne one bit. I I really like Wayne, and that, and uh, but, um, and I'm pretty sure that after the fight. We'll probably have a beer together, but for now, everyone knows what happens. It gets close to a fight, tensions rise, and uh, it's it's game time. Now you've captured the English. Are you going that traditional route? Are your plans to go the traditional route, Tommy? Yeah, definitely. But uh, I'll win the Commonwealth first, <laughs> and then uh, um, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'd like I'd like to see what my options are after the fight, of course. But um, if there's a European title shot on the line, of course, we'll go for that. So how do you see this fight, you know, this fight, break this down, break this fight down for us. How do you see this fight going with you and Hibbert? Of course, as you said, you've sparred him a lot. You, you know how he fights. What what are you expecting from him and what are we going to see from yourself? I think it's obvious. You, see, you can see in his last few fights, he has a lot of heart. Um, and that and that goes to show when he's climbed off the floor in his last fight, to still carry on and still be there and get the victory in his last one. But um, listen, he's a Commonwealth champion, he's a good fighter. But uh, I'm, I'm afraid to say, Wayne, uh, this uh, this boy is coming to beat you. <laughs> now, of course, you know, you've done a lot of sparring with a lot of top guys. Of course, you've sparred with Carl Frampton on a few occasions, I believe. Who are you backing in that fight, Frampton Quigg? Oh, that's a good one. Listen, um, Frampton's a lovely kid. We've been getting on like house on fire. We've done a lot of work together. Um, Quigg's, a, I've, I've never really... Um, I've only seen Quig on fight night. I've never seen him behind closed doors. But listen, Frampton's on fire at the minute in the gym. He's looking strong. He's pushing well weights back in the gym. And uh, yeah, I've got to stick by Frampton with this one. Now, of course, you're at 140 right now. There's a lot of guys domestically in that division. Will you look to stay here for long or, or have you got your eyes on moving up to 147? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant division to be involved in at the minute. It's absolutely buzzing. Um, Wayne Hibbert's just... Um, gone to number one I think in the British rankings um, so obviously beat Wayne and then I'll uh, capture the number one spot amongst all these great 140 fighters so uh, and, I, and I, I tend to make my mark once I've beat Wayne and and stay there and stay on top so whatever my options are whatever my team say from the MGM to Barry Smith and Matching Boxing whatever they want me to do I'll do so uh, I'll fight whoever they put in front of me and I think when you got into into pro boxing, when you started off, you've always been quite a quite a big ticket seller. Do you seem to be selling more tickets each fight now? Yeah, definitely. It's growing. I can't I can't thank my cousin JJ enough. Um, I can't thank uh, a lot of people like uh, Nick Franklin. There's a lot of people out there who are doing massive tickets for me, and uh, people that I can't thank enough. Like my sponsors, Junction Seventeen, take a lot of tickets. And um, as the, the more, as the better the fight. And this is what I say. I like to be in these great 50-50 fights because it just shows how my ticket sales are growing because people love to see me in great fights. And everyone goes on about this old too much. Oh, you're worried about losing. You know, I'm, I'm not worried about, of course I don't want to lose it. And I'm not going to say, I'm not saying that I'm going to lose it. But I'm saying I just want to be involved in great fights and keeping my fans happy. And that, by the looks of it, by the looks of my ticket sales, I just keep going up. So that's obviously what I'm doing. Now, of course, January the 30th, one year before that, on January the 31st, Danny Dyer walks you out to the ring. Will we see any any other celebrities walking you out in the near future? Yeah, listen, when Danny's not busy, he, he loves to come to the fight. So, uh, 
he, he should be there January thirtieth. But um, if something big comes, he just won a big award last uh, a big award last night. So um, this we'll see we'll see how it goes. Massive congratulations to him. Um, how active do you plan to be this year, Tommy? Providing all goes well on the thirtieth. Yeah, listen, an active fighter and a happy fighter. So um, I'd like to fight in March time again because me and me and the boys are going away in April to Germany for a bit of a booze up. So uh, I'd like to get another payday in March and then uh, go away and celebrate with my mates in April. <laughs> yeah, so can I just get your prediction for this fight? If you had to sum up what's going to basically happen, you're going to win this fight KO? Is it going to be, you know, you're going to have to go in the trenches and go to war like what happened with Hibbert when he fought Ryan? All these types of fights he's been in, he really can go to the trenches. He's proved it on numerous occasions. Are you prepared to go there? What's going to happen in this fight, Tommy? Of course I'm prepared. Listen, I've been I've been away in training camp in the NGM my bar. And my prediction is, listen, it's going to be a Tommy Martin win. And at the end of the night, my arm is going to be the one raised. Just a simple win, yep. Simple win. That's all I'm looking for. Moving it comes, on. It comes. Moving on to 14 and 0. All right, brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave the last bit up to you. If there is it, if there's any sponsors or any shout outs you want to give, um, now's the time to throw them in, Tommy. Oh, brilliant stuff. Yeah, well, obviously, I want a massive shout out to my sponsors, Junction 17 Cars. They've been with me since day one. Um, buy a lot of tickets, look after me um, every month, and uh, let me drive lovely, flashy motors around. Um, at 21, which isn't too bad. You've got um, my managers, my team, MJ and Marbella, who I've been out in training camp with for this fight. Can't thank them boys enough for the way they look after me and Barry. My coach, Barry Smith, is unbelievable. Sticks by me he's like a father figure. And uh, the meat man, who does all my food and prep for the for the fight, and obviously glove game that have done all my kit for this fight. So thank you to everyone. There's been a massive part of Team Gun. And absolutely, for anyone who who wants to follow your career, can you just give everyone your Twitter, your Instagram, anything that they can follow you by? Yeah, uh, I think everything's at Tommy underscore Dagun, D-A-G-U-N. Yeah, and same for my Instagram, I think that's the exact same as well. Excellent stuff. Okay, Tommy, thank you very much for giving us a bit of time. I know it's pretty late at night, and obviously we're close to the fight. So um, best of luck, best of luck to you, and we'll speak to you in the future sometime, definitely. Lovely stuff. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. Um, Unfortunately, we've only got the one guest on. The one guest, of course, Tommy Martin. We just finished speaking to him. This week, we've only got one guest, so I apologise for that. We look to bring you two guests every week, so we'll have to make up for that sometime in the near future. So we're going to just whiz through part two now. Um, It's just going to be me and Ayaz talking for the rest of the show. Um, I'm going to mention the card taking place on the Friday of this week at York Hall, Ryan Walsh tops the bill. He faces Darren Trainer. So Ryan Walsh now 19 wins, one loss, one draw. Darren Trainer 11 and 0. That's for the British featherweight title, of course. Ahmet Patterson, he also gets out on this on this bill. He's fighting at 154 now. I think he's had a couple of fights there, but this is for the vacant IBF International Super Welterweight title, of course, Super Welterweight also known as light middleweight. So Armit Patterson, he faces Ryan Aston. Ryan Aston's a decent opponent. 18 wins, two losses, two draws. And of course, Armit Patterson, 16-0, and 0, the Frank Warren prospect. Uh, Louis Petit, he also gets out again, looks to pick up his 18th professional win. Um, that's really it for, for York Hall. That's on the Friday. We're going to now move over to Saturday, the heavyweight 
prospect Joseph Parker. He gets out in a strange fight that's taking place in Samoa. So Joseph Parker looks to move to 18-0. He faces Jason Bergman, 25 wins, 11 losses and two draws. And then it's the big one. It's time for the big one over in Los Angeles, the Staples Center, top of the bill. Danny Garcia, 31-0, and faces Robert Guerrero, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, 33-3 with the one draw. This is for the vacant WBC welterweight title. This is, of course, the one that they, you know, that, that Floyd Mayweather relinquished. It's now up for grabs and it's vacant and it's on the line. Uh, I'm going to just, we're going to get back to that fight, but I just want to mention also on the bill, Sammy Vasquez, of course, you know, he's he's looking to do big things. He's in a WBC welterweight semi-final title eliminator. He faces Aaron Martinez. So Sammy Vasquez, 20-0. and 0. Aaron Martinez, 20-4 and four with the one draw. There's also a heavyweight clash, which should be a bit interesting. 10-rounder this one. Dominic Brazil, 16-0, and 0, faces tough man Amir Monsoor. And Amir Monsoor, 22 wins, one loss and one draw. That should be pretty interesting. I'm looking... I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that fight. Um, that's really it. I think we should talk about the the Danny Garcia Robert Guerrero fight. Ayaz, uh, how do you see this one going? I know that this is really a lot of people are sort of saying that this is Danny Garcia's first proper test at one four seven. How much of a test do you think Robert Guerrero will be for Danny Garcia? I think this is going to be a a, a big test. Obviously, we've seen Robert Guerrero fight the likes of Mayweather. He fought uh, Keith Furman. So I reckon this will be a good fight. In my opinion, if I was to tell you who win this fight, I'm going for Danny Garcia knockout. Do you know what? I, I, I have to agree with that, to be totally honest with you. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I saw that this fight was announced, I was a little bit disappointed. But it is a, it's a decent step up at the 147. You know that Danny Garcia was a real force at 140. I hope that... Mauricio Herrera won't mind me saying, but um, apart from a couple of strange decisions that went Danny Garcia's way, he was good at 140. Um, now we've seen him go up to 147. It will, it will be, it is a first proper test, I guess. But again, in my opinion, and if I'm being brutally, brutally honest, Robert Guerrero's well over the hill, to be totally honest with you. His last fight out, he, he won via split decision against Aaron Martinez, who's fighting on the undercard, ironically. The fight before that, which again was was uh, March 2015, he lost badly to Keith Furman, really badly. Uh, that was a bit of a war, to be totally honest. He took a lot of punishment. Uh, he had a good he had a good win against Kamiga Kamiga, if you remember, that was back in 2014. But that was a proper war, and then he lost to Floyd Mayweather. His last, you know, big win, if you like, was against Andre Berto. That was back in 2012. So, in my opinion, he's well over the hill. But there's been a lot of back and forth between the two dads, of course. Both of these guys are trained by their fathers. Danny Garcia, of course, trained by his father, Angel Garcia. And Robert Guerrero, trained by his father, Ruben Guerrero. So both of them have been going at it at the press conferences. Did you see where the security had to pull them apart, Ayaz? It was hilarious. She saw that. Oh, my days. The dads, the dads are going to be the funniest part in this fight, to tell you one thing. <laughs> definitely I love Ruben Guerrero man yeah, I like his little outfit the fact he just wears a big sombrero hat and he's just got this <laughs> this crazy beard going on I just think that 
to be totally honest, if he took off his shades and his hat and he walked past me in the street, I wouldn't even know it's him. I've never seen him without it. I think he sleeps in it. He's that much of a hard man. Um, it should be an interesting fight, though, whilst it lasts. But that's really it for the, for, you know, for this week's this week's fights. There's not really much on. I'm just going to bring you a little bit of news that I forgot to mention, probably in part one. Leo Santa Cruz's next opponent has been announced. A lot of people are a little bit disappointed. It's set for February 27th. Uh, he faces off against Kiko Martinez. Of course, Kiko Martinez lost to both of Quig and Frampton, which are also facing off. What, what day are they facing off? Is it the 28th or the 27th of February, Ayaz? Right. This is the same night, the 27th as well. Right. There February. you are. So there you are. So a few hours later on in the night, Santa Cruz, Leo Santa Cruz is looking to make some kind of a statement on Kiko Martinez. Again, like I say, not a lot of people are very happy with this opponent. Kiko Martinez has had a lot of fights recently in Spain ever since he lost in a devastating fashion to Scott Quigg. So the real the real super bantamweight clash is happening over here in Manchester, of course. But there will be some action later on in the night from Leo Santa Cruz. And I'd really love to see that fight happen sometime down the line, hopefully the back end of this year. Is there any other news that you have for us, Ayaz? Yes, I do. Amir Khan has been, uh, is, w, is now WC, WBC mandatory. He's ranked first in the position as well. Okay, so he's in line to face the winner of Danny Garcia and Robert Guerrero then, yeah? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. That would be interesting. Hopefully that fight gets made. Um, I saw something yesterday. I'm not sure who it was who said it, but someone said that they really don't think he wants the rematch with Danny Garcia. But to be totally honest, I think he probably does. It would be interesting to see if he can avenge that loss. Is there anything else? Yes. Arthur Abraham will make his Las Vegas debut against the unbeaten Gilberto Ramirez on the Manny Pacquiao and Timothy Bradley undercard. And that's, of course, for his WBO super middleweight strap. That really will be a good fight. This will really be a good fight. Of course, Gilberto Ramirez, a bit unproven, but a real top contender. So maybe he can maybe he can make, you know, father time play a part in this fight. And we'll see Arthur Abraham dethroned of his titles. A good champion, though, by all means. And definitely, definitely not a given for Ramirez, of course. So that, that's shaping up to be a decent little card, Pacquiao Bradley. Um, I think that's really it for the whole show, Eyes, unless, unless there's anything else to add. No, there's nothing else to add. Okay, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening this far. Thank you very much to my guests, of course, Mr. Tommy Martin. Tommy the Gun, he's out on the 30th of January. That's at the Copper Box Arena. That should be a really good fight against him and John Wayne Hibbert, of course. A massive thank you to my panel member every single week, Ayaz Sumra. The show wouldn't be the same without him. And, of course, a massive shout-out to our newest panel member, Sophia Di Stefano. So thank you very much for listening this far. Please follow, please like, please subscribe. Please come back next week. Thank you very much.